0: Welcome to Cybersecurity Insights, the podcast for the cybered.io learning community. Our goal is to bring cybersecurity practitioners the latest and most relevant education and training to upskill and dive deeper into topics that matter in today's modern cybersecurity world. Good day, everyone. This is Steve King. I'm the Managing Director at CyberEd.io. On our episode today, I've got Michael Gorlick, who's the Chief Technology Officer for Morphosec, which is a company that has essentially led the charge in the automated moving target defense technology space, AMTD which Gardner has raved about, and other analysts as well. This has a, become an increasingly popular and, uh, and significant risk reduction strategy and preventative measure that that uh, is seriously reducing adversary success rates. So uh, uh, Michael will, will give us some background on how that came to be and give us a little uh, look into his background as well. So good morning, Michael. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Great. So why don't you tell us a, a little bit about your background and, uh, and then a little bit more about Morphisec and how the product came to be.
1: Thanks, Steve. So yeah, definitely. So as uh, Steve mentioned, uh, I'm the Chief Technology Officer for Morphisec, also one of the founding members. Uh, my own experience coming from about 20 years in cybersecurity, from all the different places, reverse engineering, red teaming, blue teaming. Moving to business, product, uh, and everything in between. Uh, Morphosec, we created Morphosec about nine years ago. Actually, tomorrow will be nine years if I'm not wrong. And uh, the idea was was basically something that we worked on in the university with some of the founder members, Uh, and it's originated on technology that uh, we presented and some of the army units uh, were using manually. And what we done is basically commercialized, automized the concept of moving target events to the industry. And starting from then, we today have around 9 million endpoints protected by Morphosec, around 5,000 businesses that we are protecting. We see around 30,000 attacks per day that are breaking through the EDRs and EPPs. And we definitely, I'm sure we will talk about the technology very soon. Uh, yeah, 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 sure.
0: Uh, what? Do, maybe we could start with, you know, defining the problem that Morphosex solves and the kind of companies that you solve it for.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. So overall, as, a, as you know, the evolution, as well as you see in the Gartner, the evolution of security stack um, that progressed over time. We also remember the AV antivirus and then uh, which uh, progressed to the next generation antivirus, which led to the EPP solution that today become DR and then XDR. What what do they have in common? In common, they have that they need a prior knowledge. right? They need at least those first attacks happening on the targets to learn about them, whether are signatures or patterns. Essentially, they didn't change for years uh, with regard to protection. Uh, and there was at a time, I think five years ago, six years ago, some kind of assumption that prevention is not possible. So let's invest into uh, response. And this is how EDR came to be as well. The problem with that, that you see all those breaches that you feel today. And, uh, and there are many examples uh, with the Log4j and the MoveIt recent MoveIt exploitations and all those ransomers that you see all the time. In most of those cases, you had one of the leading EDRs I will not name them, obviously, but be sure that EDR becomes the standard. Why does it happen? because they are predictable the attack surface is predictable the security stack is predictable it doesn't change a lot and the time to execute an attack becomes shorter and shorter if at the time there was uh it took uh, attackers to develop a new exploit for vulnerability for weeks or months, it become days and with the new uh you know um AI, generative AI, it will take hours and even minutes. How do you fight with that constantly changing landscape with a constantly not changing security stack? So this is what we came to be. We had to change this equation, right? Because the the problem exists there. They cannot fight during those first couple of weeks, new threats, unknown, previously unknown threats, they have to, to hit someone this someone is a target and those someone are more and more yeah
0: uh, n- no kidding and you know the advantage is uh on the other side right I mean it's so much easier to find out to discover what you know your what a company's security stack looks like what uh, you know what products are part of that mix than it is yeah. to find out what an adversary's attack vector uh is yeah. all about Right. It's a so, cat and mouse chase,
1: right? So.
0: Yeah. and no, no kidding. Except the difference is, you know, <laughs> one side <laughs> knows uh a whole lot about where the vulnerabilities are. So, exactly. uh So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, moving target defense is, uh, you know, is exactly what it sounds like, I think. Right. Why don't you, you know, the whole idea of morphing the target uh, in let's call it near real time um yeah, is a really cool notion. can you can you help our audience understand kind of how that works
1: a little bit? Yeah, so yeah, per, for sure. yeah. so the whole concept of moving to our defense is not new. It was established by the Homeland Security in 2014. Even beforehand, you had some articles by NIST in 2012. And we were doing it for the nine, for the last nine years. Uh, The concept of moving target fences, uh, as as I mentioned, and as stated by Homeland Security, is making the target, the attack surface that you have within your organization, less predictable or unpredictable in a way. And when you change the attack surface, constantly, you basically make it more expensive for the attacker to find a successful attack for you. It's not foolproof. It's not that, hey, anything is by possible today. Today is a question of how is it expensive for the attacker? Because the attackers are essentially opportunistic, it's a, it's a crime uh, organizations. They want to earn uh, money with little investment, um, and this will continue for the next couple of years. So if it becomes more expensive, they will prefer usually to move to an easier target, right? And the whole concept of moving towards defense, uh, as we push uh, push it forward, we focus on the endpoints, and endpoints for us as are any devices that you can install an agent it could be uh, servers it could be end user devices workstations workload uh, environments etc but as Gardner rightfully say monetary defense concept is required as the next evolution on top of the existing ADRs and XDR solutions all across the security stack you need to look at your cloud uh, protection. You need to look at your network protection. You need to look at your container protection. And Morphosec is, is leading and uh, probably the most mature company at the endpoint protection, which I define just. What do we do really uh, when we are talking about changing the attack surface constantly? Think about changing, hey, changing the the concept of structures of credentials, right? You are trying to steal credentials from Chrome, but the attacker doesn't know where is the database of credentials. It's moved, constantly moved and randomized. Now, Gartner also states rightfully, and this is what we implemented, that automated movement defense cons, uh, is constructed of two concepts. One is changing and moving the attack surface. The other one is deception, which plays a significant role because changing and moving the attack surface is great, but it's not necessarily uh, providing you any threat intelligence or you can learn something from the attack. The attack just fails because it doesn't anything. You have to have deception to basically give the attackers the option, the ability to find your own controlled resources uh so a real moving target defense is composed of those two concepts so if if we are going back to the examples of credentials for example then it's it's changing the structures where those are located but at the same time exposing fictive non-real credentials in the same way doing things in memory and and coping with the threats of defense evasion in memory evasion Credential theft, supply chain, etc. There are many attack vectors you can find, and and provide a real prevention uh, to the existing detection stack, which is also required.
0: Yeah, and in the process, do you do you uh, acquire and store any information about the about the profile of the attacker? In other words, you know, do you do you? Do you build your own sort of Intel database so, so that it adds to you know the behavior or the the known signature uh, population at all?
1: So it's a it's a good question. One of the biggest advantages and and the more interesting advantages because we prevent the attack at the at the very early stage before any traces have been raised erased right or deleted. We do have an access to a very particular, interesting threat intelligence that others don't. And as a kind of uh, work with the community and society, we even share some of those threat intelligence with the Cyber Threat Alliance and some vendors today to help them fight against this uh, threat and update their mechanisms to the latest signatures. We obviously have those the earliest possible. We prevent those attacks. Uh, but definitely the threat intelligence is one of the results that we get aside of obviously preventing the attacks additional advantages are operational ones which, which we can discuss uh which are
0: yeah uh sure the but I, but you don't compete with you know traditional EDR XDR solutions you're 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 gonna you're gonna be a, a, a net add to to those detection solutions as well right and i assume that any deception te- solutions that at least that i'm aware of you don't compete with those either because they don't provide the uh the breadth of, of uh, use case that you provide is that is that correct
1: it is it is correct exactly as the evolution of EDR be, it became from AV and then you know AV is uh, is important to have on every uh, endpoint and then detection and response and audit are important to have on top of AV. Uh, moving target defense is is important to have on top of EDR as an additional preventive layer, right? So we do not compete. Ninety nine percent of our customers and I'm throwing numbers here, but are with one of the leading uh EDR solutions in the market uh and we leave side by side and those attacks that we prevent are usually the ones that bypass the existing edrs xdrs avs and EPP solution in many of those cases um, you would say that maybe the edr would detect the attack on a later stage because of behavior patterns etc but then what's the problem? The problem is that if you have a security team, let's assume you have, and and you know how sh- big is the shortage of security personnel today in the market and it will be larger, they will need to respond to those events on a later stage. So obviously you would like to prevent this event much earlier and save your IT resources, um, your IT resources time that will invest into those events, right? Sure.
0: Uh, you know and and given what has been going on for the last several months, do you um, anticipate uh, a version of Marfa6 products that uh, that have a, a higher degree of integration with um, generative some generative AI or you know large language learning model? approach to um to automation or do you already use some
1: of that yeah we already use some of those generative eis approaches for contextual information as an actionable items as a recommendation i think this uh, uh this change of history is important and we should leverage it uh for the goods right and, and make the best what we can from that exactly like uh, the threat actors are really uh, leveraging <laughs> the, the machine learning for their own goods, which not necessarily serves us. But yeah. the whole concept of moving target defense, you know, as is, is perfect uh, to deal with this kind of cases, we do expect and we see already that a, a threat actors leverage um, generative AI uh, more and more to to easily deliver a malware to the end side to the target to easily confiscate and change their threat. So the obvious expectations that you would have the same kind of protection on your side, constantly change the targets, right system, and we are doing it for the last nine years. So people that are protected with more of a say, in a way are much more protected uh, to cope with this. new and very very scary threat
0: yeah i have a question about your work with the u.s government if if you're able to answer it um i know that you know the pentagon is is uh fond of referring to offensive security as active cyber defense uh which i guess is the the acceptable uh, language around uh uh, uh, going on offense um but do you, and you have you have an ability to to uh to do that over what many other uh products would be able to do just because you're you're out there on the edge um is there a is there a use case for for kind of a a more aggressive offensive security uh position for your company?
1: I, I would be very careful with, <laughs> with that respect uh, though we work a lot with the FBI and the authorities every time we intercept very interesting things or do an incident we help the the authorities to stop many bad guys and provide evidence in the court of law but offensive by itself uh is is a big thing it's really is is targeting uh people, organizations, or we are not targeting them. We are we're really a defensive technology. Yes, we provide a very sophisticated, proactive measures as a part of the defense. uh, But we are not uh, doing any offensive uh, operations. Uh, And this is a, (laughs) a different more, let's say more risky place to be for a for a startup or a company there are definitely some israeli companies in this in this in that area
0: yeah no of course um but, but just sort of philosophically maybe i i'm curious about if you know let's see if i take a five thousand foot view and i just sort of dropped in from the general population and looked at all this stuff and i would say gee you know move it has you know already affected over what 130 companies uh and that's just within a week and a half of of uh, of, uh folks you know either discovering or revealing that they were part of that attack but it's would it seemed to me again my fictional person that just dropped in that if you were a early uh Attack victim and the move it attack and you had a way to say hey this is happening to the other whatever it is eighteen thousand customers that and you could do that in close to real time that you'd have a much better shot at at deflecting preventing however you want to determine it um, a lot of these attacks that end up being super successful um, now. Or you know, maybe we're simply witnessing the evidence of attack and not the actual attack itself, which could have happened months ago. But you know, I I don't know how we're I guess so what's the question? I guess the question is I don't know how we're ever gonna stop this stuff until we kind of collaborate as a as a group of targets to figure out how to you know go on offense about about these guys. And I mean what's your view of that
1: yeah so optimally collaborations and sharing definitely would help unfortunately you know based on many years of experience it's not necessarily working We definitely have some alliances that we are part of them that try to collaborate and we definitely stop some of those uh, obviously as I mentioned having Morphosec, like, for example, or moving target fans on those environments would move it or other exploits would help you to prevent it earlier earlier and prevent the damage without having any signatures or known patterns beforehand and obviously share this information forward to help other organizations as well. But yeah, this is yeah. really big, big thing that you know, you're raising and it's, it's a problem uh, which may even require you know governmental regulations in a way in a way because without enforcement or regulations we will not be unfortunately it doesn't matter how much I want the private sector is limited with how much they share with each other
0: yeah I I I understand why they won't share and we've been talking about it for decades now uh it seems but uh it never that never happens and and I can understand why that never happens. On the other hand, you know, if, uh, you know, Morphosec could go to SolarWinds, let's say, or Casera, or Progress, which owns MoveIt and, and say, hey, you know, you need to install this on all your customers' uh, platforms, yeah. enterprise systems, and in order to prevent another attack like this. And I mean, you know, obviously it should have been done like six months ago, but, but there are lots of you know third party the, the open source third party uh vulnerabilities out there, there lots of um open source supply chain vulnerabilities out there and it seems to me that if you just identified all those and say you guys have to become uh, customers it's the only way you're going to stop the, the kind of attacks that we've seen I mean that
1: yeah yeah you have uh, I, I, w- you I would, would love that to happen. You know? <laughs> well
0: <laughs> I know you've got a channel sales strategy we've talked about yeah. that before maybe Maybe You can talk a little bit about that and uh, but you know, I having you know, with a company that's got 5,000 customers, and 9 million endpoints, and you know, looks at 30,000 plus attacks every day, you would think I would have heard of you guys earlier, but I hadn't, you know, so um, you yeah. know, bad my bad, but but nonetheless, yeah, and I know you got big name clients too, Lenovo and Motorola, True Green, etc. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We have a
1: couple of those uh, big names that we are not allowed <laughs> to share. Some of the 500 uh, fortune companies uh, yeah, and yeah. and more. Definitely, you know, and and getting to those numbers is obviously it's uh, it's you know a strategy of uh, OEM partnerships, reselling partnerships, MSSP and MSP uh, partnerships, uh, and also direct as well and and you're right I mean not many are hearing about us we are not doing as much noise as we would uh, definitely uh, want but we are quietly providing this additional layer because essentially we are not competing with those solutions yeah. you know, we're not competing with the CrowdStrikes or the Sentinel ones or the Microsofts we are there to protect you as a kind of the last layer of defense Um, and we find out that many mid-sized and enterprises uh, definitely understand this gap more of more enterprises or kind of on a bigger side mid-sized customers they understand the gap but I do find that the smaller customers SMBs ones they are rightfully going to the consolidation and they hardly understand what is ADR about and they are the ones to eventually make the noise and um, yeah there is a problem they still don't understand the gap but the gap exists everywhere
0: yeah it certainly does uh, and by the way you just said the magic words from a marketing point of view you should tell your CMO your 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 new tagline should be last line of defense yeah uh, that's very compelling you know if you you know if you're a CISO or you're worried about all this stuff and, and by the way the stack is so deep so high and so complex now that you know, yeah. Nobody knows what to do, right? Frankly, I mean that's if I interviewed twenty CISOs, you know, eighteen of them would say I have no idea what what else to do here. You know, I don't know where to go. I don't know how to stop this stuff. I'm a victim of you know fill in the blank, and uh, we never saw that coming. But we spend you know whatever it is six million a year on software and. You know, the and, uh, stuff and we get hammered right I mean uh, so and we've got a layered defense you know it's great well you don't have the final layer right and that's what you guys you guys are and you know that's how you should go to market in my and, and
1: you know what you know what love. uh you know we we do definitely provide this final layer of defense we developed it for the last nine years so this is what installed everywhere but we do also understand the problems that the CISOs have today, uh, you know, having all those bunch of solutions right now, while they just need to understand what is the risk, exposure risk of my organization right now, and how do I reduce the risk? This is their questions. With that question, they come to the budgeting and their board and their CEO, right? And we understand that question. So we, we decided to expand our solution, not only provide the the protection, but also the visibility to the risk. So um, very soon, though it's already running on on many of our customers, we will officially be also uh, presenting a larger uh, exposure type of platforms, uh, threat exposure management, in which we also provide the solution, but also show you the problem. This will resonate with the stakeholders the money holders, if you will, if you want, if you call them that way, and definitely provides you also visibility to your risk all across your endpoint.
0: Yeah, that makes sense for sure. And anxious to see you do that. Uh, last question, and I'm conscious of our clock here, but I just uh, noticed that the I think the re- research team at Resilient had audited uh, some number of GitHub uh, instances and found that. 30 thousand of them were contained um chat GPT code and acts and um instances of of uh access to open AI llm and which of course <laughs> you know creates an enormous uh and we talk about visibility right an enormous security exposure here what, what and that's you know I mean we're talking what's it been you know like five months since uh since that product was actually released um so it's uh what do you what how are we going to defend against that in the future
1: yeah it's uh it's a good question And by the way so that you know the resilient folks and uh, the the guys there we were sitting back to back the same place same investors uh and creating our companies so i know them personally they're great guys doing great work and they definitely show and prove the exposure right now exposure is amazing and great and as i mentioned i mean definitely uh generative AI uh is and will be used right now by the threat vectors the uh, threat actors adversaries but also as the vulnerabilities exposed as you just mentioned the open source uh, code that are used everywhere i i would just you know run and and see how can i implement proactive technology within my security stack trying to identify those will be a hard job a hard task time you know the times become shorter from the time that someone finds it in the time it is being exploited so the chat gpt just proved that you said five months I mean, new stuff reappear, and within a day they're already exploited. But yeah, I, that's I right. Really
0: <laughs> the new product re- release cycle is one day.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you, I mean, the only way is to do so, uh, things proactively. I mean, you cannot just wait for your neighbor to be in attack so that you know how it's, it happens.
0: Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, lots to think about, lots of challenges, which is great I, you know, in a macabre sort of way. It's great for you guys because, you know, from my point of view, you've got such a huge home run here that uh, I, I, you know, I'm sure you'll be wild, even more wildly successful than you already are. So uh, best of luck. And and thank you. Thank you again, Michael, for, for taking the time to to sit with us this morning and chat about this these topics, which... Uh, I'm pretty sure it's interesting to our audience. So, um, so once again, this is Michael Gorlick, who's the Chief Technology Officer of Morphosec, and we appreciate his time.
1: Thank you, Steve. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, sure. And thanks to our audience. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, until next time, this is Steve King, your host, signing off. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cybersecurity Insights. You can connect with us on LinkedIn or Facebook, or send us an email at
1: social at cybered.io. For more information about the podcast, visit cybered.io forward slash podcast. Until next week, stay
0: safe and secure, and we'll see you on the next episode of Cybersecurity Insights.